Calgary football fans, this is your quarterback, the Bo Show with Bo Levi Mitchell on Sportsnet 960, brought to you by SML Entertainment. The Bo Show for SML Entertainment, pool tables, hot tubs, patio furniture, and much, much more. With four locations in Calgary, Cross Iron Mills, and Red Deer. Go to smlentertainment.com for details. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to The Bo Show. Beautiful Tuesday afternoon. It's raining outside. I love it. This is my kind of weather right here. Me too, man. Like last night, the greatest thing ever. Like, there's nothing better than thunderstorms. Rain. He's looking at us like we're insane. Yeah, there, there is something better. It's like plus twenty five degree no, sunny no, no, weather, no, no, where no, no, you can no, no, go no. enjoy the we, outdoors. We've been over this before. Uh, Bo's mentioned it. Nothing like practicing in the rain, which I agree. At least once a week. Growing up, playing football in the rain was the greatest thing ever. And much uh, better on real grass, though. Yes. The yeah, mud. Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. The fields I played in as a kid, though, they're way better now. We played at shoulder ice when I was a kid. Oh yeah. And it was not turf. It was like concrete ground. <laughs> And like our city finals were like the end of November, so it was like yeah, playing on cement, but still pretty awesome. Yeah, uh, it's, it's it's always great when it rains, except for when you leave your water uh, sprinkler on all night and you come outside to a you know thunderstorm. And did you did you do that last night? I've done that multiple times in the last couple weeks. Last night too. <laughs> last night was one of them. <laughs> uh, just a reminder: text in nine six zero nine six zero. Let us know what you want to talk about in that last segment, man. We kind of this year turned it into a, a fan segment. Uh, you know, you guys can ask whatever questions you want, uh, whether it's about football, about life. Uh, let me know what you want to hear, what you want to talk about. Obviously, there's a lot of things going on in the CFL, so we'll definitely get to the CFL. Um, and a, a, another kind of small segment I want to throw in there is Maddie's ideas. So my wife. Um, She's always coming up with good questions for me to ask, just the panel and fans themselves, but mainly talking here to the panel. Uh, so we'll kind of throw that in there towards the end on this last segment. And uh, Maddie's got some good questions that we can all you know, talk about, chirp about. And it's good. Good experiences from all around, so it'll be, uh, it'll be fun. Um, I have $100 away, uh, to give away for Mugshot Sports Bar and Grill. I just happened to find these uh, gift cards on the ground when I was walking in. So... Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's it's in uh, in celebration of uh, Fortnite birthday, Fortnite's first birthday. Yes, I do play Fortnite. Uh, I'm a video game head, so uh, no, I won't tell your kids to stop playing Fortnite. Um, <laughs> we'll talk over a little CFL this week. Obviously, a lot of big trades going on. Um, which one surprised you guys the most? To me, and and I think it maybe just showcases how far he has dropped in the last two years. Yeah, but Darius Bowman going for an eighth round pick. I'm like, man. Oh, yeah, man. we we had dude, dude, dude <laughs> led the league in receiving in 2016. Uh, that one surprised you the most. We yeah. we had to look up to make sure there was an eighth round in the CFL draft. We're like, I thought it was, I thought it was seven. Like that. That's how low I that, that draft just pick happened was. too. Yeah, like that's that that is a rough one to go because I I hadn't like you watch the games, but it doesn't really clue in that. Oh yeah, he hasn't caught a ball in three of these games. Like that that one. That one really caught me off guard. Yeah, I mean, they have a, like, I saw, I did see one fan talk about it, because uh, I read the article about the trade, and I saw a fan talking, um, what do you say, he's like, man, I went to the game, and I had noticed Darius' stat line over the last couple of weeks, so I paid attention to Darius every single play. He's like, and he said he was open 75 to 80% of the plays, he's just not getting the balls. He's never targeted either, it's well, weird. Well, and that's the thing, it's not that... It's not that he's having drops or anything like that. It's just, you know, sometimes a, a person fits in your offense in a certain spot, and I don't think it's a, a slap in the face to Adarius at all. I think Adarius is a great receiver, and um, I think everybody in the league knows that. Um, you know, he just wasn't wasn't getting the targets. Who can who can have production without the targets? So, um, to me, man, I mean, when I look at the Manziel trade, but I add that to it because I don't think you gave up anything for that. The eighth-round draft pick, you, had, you gave up nothing for right. Adarius Bowman. So I'm going to yeah. go ahead and let's throw that into – the trade for Manziel. So basically, Manziel, you get Manziel, you get a Darius Bowman. You're giving up Chris Williams. You're giving up uh, Jamal Westerman, and you're getting Landon Rice and Tony Washington to from Lyman. Hamilton. And and, and then you, you gave two you gave two first, first round draft picks, which to me 2000, is 2020 significant. That is significant. Yeah. Um, but if you see Johnny Manziel as being your quarterback for the next couple of years, I think it's the right move. I mean, I do too, but especially the quarterback carousel they've had. Right, right. I was going to say they've been looking for that long term answer for a while. 
Um, the unfortunate part, and, and I know that they've kind of scaled it back today, but you would know this better than, than Peter and myself. I mean, there was talk yesterday that he was going to play 50% or more of that game on Thursday against Edmonton. And, like, I don't, I don't care what your skill set is. When you're coming to a brand-new team, yes, some of the terminology could be familiar because he's had Mike Sherman before, but that's a lot to ask, and you always talk about putting people in positions to succeed. That's not one of them. Yeah, I mean, I, I and I, I kind of spoke on that today. I said, you know, I really, I think everybody's been waiting for this. They've been waiting for the guy to get on the field. You know, I've been hearing, you know, talks that Hamilton fans have been cheering Johnny, 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 even when Hamilton's up, you know, or down. Well, did you not. see? Oh, you didn't see because you don't have Twitter anymore. But when uh, they when they tweeted out the trade, like all the replies to the Hamilton Tycast Twitter account was like, "How could you do this to us? We didn't get to see him play." Did you see all the number two jerseys in attendance? All this type of stuff. And they had to react. Like Manziel jerseys, no question, were outselling Mazzoli jerseys. And probably selling every jersey in the league. I right. Assume. Yeah, I would imagine. Right. Yeah. And and so, you know, how often does a team go out and give a hundred dollar gift cards to people that have a Manziel jersey? Did they do that? Yeah. How yeah. <laughs> the team store was like, if you got a Manziel jersey, we'll give you a hundred dollar gift card to our uh, to our to our team store. So you can buy a new gear. I would take my Manziel jersey and grab my gift card. Then I'd hand you my jersey. Like you go in and grab a <laughs> gift card. <laughs> Sooner or later, they're going to be like, man, we've had a lot more gift cards than yeah, jerseys. I don't think we sold this many jerseys. <laughs> um, I mean, I, know, I, I saw something today that said um, the trade has been 18 months in the making. Yeah, which I thought that was hard to believe. Yeah, that's kind of hard to believe to me. Like you, uh, you, you signed him saying we're going to trade him the whole time. No, I don't see that. I mean, I mean, unless you just you you already had blatant confidence in in Mazzoli, but um, you know, even going into the year, you didn't know how Mazzoli was going to perform, and he has performed that he has performed that way where you should be giving that guy the reins and and, and can. And what I like about it, man, it 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 reaffirms the conf, like the confidence in that guy, and I think that's important because when I heard that you got fans at home cheering for Johnny, um, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're me. I guess to you. Yeah, if if they got guys in this, the man, you you joked about you joked about Nick, Nick, Nick. You, you, you know had, what I'm saying? You, like I'd be like, what is going had, on over here? <laughs> <laughs> well, you joked about it. I mean, it's completely different. It's not they're not calling for a different player. But you thought you joked about in the preseason when people cheered when you ran. It's like you know, kind of to that same extent. You're like, really? Yeah, it was I'm all here doing my thing, and you guys just <laughs> slap me across the face. I mean, I, I, that, yeah, that was well, that was funny. Well, no, on that on that note, he doesn't have to look over his shoulder anymore, right? Like. Yeah, okay. Maybe your relationship was great. And I understand that Manzel, from all indications, I wasn't inside that locker room. I didn't watch them on a day to day basis at practice. But it all you know, all indications seem that Manzel was a good teammate and was being a good friend to Mazzoli. So I you know, from that side of things, I just think there's a little more comfort for him the fact that he doesn't have to answer questions in every media scrum about Manzel. He doesn't have to look over his shoulder all the time about Johnny. Uh, maybe he's not looking at the sidelines anymore, wondering if June Jones is gonna make a change. There's a lot of yeah, things man, that work. I wonder if that plays into it because, I mean, the guy was so hot those first couple of weeks. And, you know, in my opinion, it has cooled down a little bit. You know, I mean, it's also people are now starting to understand June Jones' offense and what he likes to do. Um, so that's, you know, it's not just Mazzoli. It's the offense in yeah. general. But, yeah, I mean, like now I think this I think this is – I think you're going to see Mazzoli come out this week and have that confidence again and go for 370 and have 70 yards rushing. Um, because I just yeah. It's almost I mean, like you take the handcuffs off, right? Yeah, yeah, because now it's not it's not playing. You're not playing timid, trying to keep your job. Now it's like, all right, now I just get to go out and ball. Yeah, you know, well, um, I, can, I, it, I can make that aggressive throw. Yeah, it it started even before they signed him, right? Like June Jones doing interviews when they were still negotiating with him, saying if he does come to Canada, Manziel could be the greatest player the CFL has ever seen, and that's before they've signed the guy. Yeah, and then it, all the talk about Manziel in the preseason, and oh by the way, he's uh, this guy's our starter. But this Manziel dude, like that, it started. It, it hasn't just been a couple weeks. Like this has been an ongoing thing throughout the off season in the training camp throughout the season. So I imagine this is probably quite the the load lifted off of Masoli now. Yeah, and I, and I, honestly, it puts a lot on Manziel. Yeah, but I think the guys handled it right, man. I mean, I am even me as an athlete, uh, as a doubter at times, am very pleasantly surprised with how he's handled every single question he's been given. Um, I mean, this week especially, like watching, uh, I don't know if it was actually the the media conference. I just, I just saw a quote, um, and he even you know kind of started to temper people's. Uh, expectations. He's like, yeah, I mean, I do plan on coming here to succeed, but 
I know it's going to be a learning curve. And I, I understand to temper my own expectations because I understand I'm not going to come in here and just light this place up. And to me, I was like, that's, that's respect. That's respect to the CFL, to your fellow you know, defenses that you're playing. I think, it, I, think it, I think it also speaks to what he's now watched for the last six weeks. Yeah, he right? knows. Like He's been on the field. He's watched it in game speed in front of yeah. his own eyes. And we all know that it looks a lot different than it does on television. So, I, yeah, I think he's learned a lot about this league. Uh, even in training camp, I believe it was, you know, after his preseason game going in or whatever, he was like, yeah, man, these guys are legit. So, um, yeah, I think it was kind of a, an opener for him. And I think he knows that now that he's going to get a chance to start, oh yeah, it doesn't mean that all of a sudden you're going to take off and throw 4,000 yards. And I, think he's, I think he's aware of that. And I think it shows the maturity for Manziel I agree. that wasn't there even a year ago. Yeah, I agree, man. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I think overall the CFL got better this week. Yeah, you know, I think you. Well, as I said earlier, I'm like we went. You know, we like to declare winners and losers of a trade immediately. I just think as football fans, we win. Yeah, I think everybody won. I mean, I I want to see the guy play too. You know, it's everybody's talked about him. I haven't got to see him play in person before. I want to see him go out there and play. Um, well, and of all the markets that needed him, I would say like Toronto probably needed him most. But to to get a, a boost in Montreal that that's had a bit of an issue post Anthony Calvillo. I think that this this is probably one of the top two places that could have used Johnny Manziel the most. Well, I think that was that was kind of the talks to me the entire time. Yeah, you know, like once Hamilton got him, it was like, yeah, that's great, but that that's not who needs him. No, mm-hmm. you know, I think everybody kind of wanted to see everybody, and people started talking about like possible trades to Toronto, and I was like, no, no, he needs to be in Montreal, and I think you're going to see him in Montreal soon, and and it finally happened. But uh, I will declare one loser of this trade. It hurts me and it burns because it's a very uh, it's a player that's close to me because of our alma mater. But Vernon Adams, this yeah. guy cannot catch a break. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, like he's three and zero as a starter. Um, he just he, anywhere he's gone, as soon as he goes there, they sign somebody. You know, so they he went he went to SAS, they signed Zach. Um, you know, he goes over to Hamilton, they re-sign Mazzoli, they sign Johnny Manziel. And then they were like, you know, hey, we're going to try and find you a trade partner. Um, that early in the season, you're not going to find anywhere to trade that guy. Um, because everybody's trying to instill confidence in their own quarterbacks. And then, hey, you know what? We're going to move you to receiver. Okay, never mind. All right, now we're going <laughs> to trade you to Montreal. And, you know, Montreal is probably looking at him like, yeah, we're going we're gonna to make you the starter. You're going to be the guy. We're going to give you the reins of the offense. Um and then you go and get Johnny Manziel again. So yeah, um, man, I feel bad for the guy. He's a he's a hell of a quarterback. He really is. He's he's a different quarterback. He is uh, very Manziel esque in the sense that he's not going to overly wow you with his arm. You know, he's not going to go out and just blow guys away for what he does in the pocket. But um, you know, I I urge you to to Google or YouTube uh, Vernon Adams highlights from college and tell me what you see. I've seen this guy make nine guys miss in the same play and throw a touchdown. What? Yes. Check it out. It was on World Star Hip Hop. Like that guy, that guy <laughs> can play, man. I'm telling you. And he's he's like myself. Uh he's not gonna overly wow you in practice or in shorts because that's not where we're at our best. You know what I mean? That I'm I'm not gonna wow you more than um, you know, some six foot five quarterback who can throw just a laser rocket on every single throw, you know, anywhere across the field. It, it comes down to decision making and playmaking in this league, and that's something that he does. So, um, again, man, Vernon, I feel for you. Hope you get a shot somewhere, brother, because uh, I think you deserve it. Um, so all right, the one trade, <laughs> I don't understand this. So y'all thought y'all thought the eighth round thing was bad. All right, <laughs> what about getting traded for future considerations? Is that what, talking what, about your boy Lemon? Is that a handshake? <laughs> like, hey, just give us Lemon, and like later on down the line, we'll give you something. We'll yeah. find something. Don't know what you. it is yet. No idea. You have no idea what it is, but just give us the player. Yeah, but like, I didn't understand this. Not like conditional draft picks, you know, or conditional. Or was it a Negros player? Or money? No, it was future considerations. <laughs> FC. Like, <laughs> you wonder like how those negotiations go. Okay. Lemon for a seventh. Like, come on. No. Forget my number. Don't even don't even come back to it. Okay. Conditional eighth. Absolutely not. I hate you. We'll get something later. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, we can agree. Like, what what was the tipping point that was finally, yeah, no, we'll do that one. Well, and the the, the bad part is is for you know, 
I guess Toronto is it's that they're like, well, they need to get him off the cap. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not talent. The guy's talented. He's he's won three Gary Cups in the last four years. You know, the guy's talented. He's been up there with the sack, the lead in sack multiple times in the last couple of years. Um, I think it's they have a lot of talent on D line and they're like, okay, we need to put some money into a different position. Yeah. Who is somebody that is still valuable enough that we can get something for? You know, and get enough money off the cap. So once, as soon as you look at that, it's like, okay, well, there's only a couple of positions we're willing to give somebody up. Um, here's the top position. Here's probably the one player that fits that mold. So it's unfortunate for Lemon, you know, the position it puts you in. But um, you know, he comes back to the West Division. Uh, you know, I mean, he's on a very good D line now. Uh, you got Odell Willis over there as well, so you're not getting doubled a lot. Um, so he's got a chance to go out there and, and get some more sacks and. Um, shoot, man, we'll see. But that confused me. The future considerations, like, what if? Uh, all right, let, let's, let's just say, let's just say Tresman decides this is his last year, and Jim Pop, you know, goes to the Halifax Storm. <laughs> <laughs> so now the, the that future, future considerations is gone. Yeah, it's out. Yeah. All right. Here is a uh, twenty-five dollar Tim's gift card. Yeah. Thank you very much. Well, and, there's only there's only 18 bucks left on it because I bought a coffee. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was going to get you one, but I I didn't know what you wanted, so it's just just use the rest of it. Uh, players must know this stuff too, right? Like he's going to get beaked hard on the field now, right? Like trash talk for him. Like, hey, you got traded for literal zero, so that that the trash talk must get pretty intense for him now, hey? I'm sure I'm sure some players will go that far. <laughs> um, I mean, mo- most of us see we see it, we know the business, we all know that it was more cap. Yeah, and that, uh, and they wanted to just move some cap room, and and other teams know that as well, so they know how bad you need to get, you know, somebody a certain amount of money off your cap. So they're like, well, I don't have to trade you, right? And if not, you're going to cut that guy, and then I can go sign him anyway. So what do you actually want to give me for him? And, yeah. and you can usually get a guy for under market value, and I think that's what happened there. I mean, clearly it was. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I'm. I, I'm not a GM. I'm not a part of that. You know, I, I shouldn't even probably comment on it. So it's. It's interesting to see. I just. I've never seen that before on a trade, and I was just confused as all heck, to as to what that meant. Um. Yeah. Uh, don't forget. Text in nine six zero nine six zero in that last segment. Let us know what you want to talk about. Uh, again, it can be anything from football, baseball, whatever. Already you got some uh, some good ones piling up. So keep them coming. All right. Good. And then uh, hundred dollar mugshot sports bar and grill gift card. Um, let me see if I can come up with, uh, I'll, I'll come up with a, a question in the next segment, um, about how to win that you'll text in for that one as well. Um, but we'll take a really quick break. And, and when we come back, uh, we will, we'll talk some more CFL. We'll talk some wins, some losses, what's going on in the league, the standings and whatnot. Um, and how some of these trades could impact, uh, the rest of the season coming down here into, uh, into the stretch. Uh, you are listening to the Bo Show on Sports at 960 Defense. Boomer, Ryan Pinder, Pat Steinberg, Rob Kerr, Derek Wills, Peter Lubardius, and Rhett Warner. Calgary's Hockey Authorities. On the air, on the air, and online, and only on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Calgary. This is the Bo Show. Hell yeah, yeah. On Sportsnet 960 The Fan. The Bow Show for SML Entertainment. Pool tables, hot tubs, patio furniture, and much, much more. With four locations in Calgary, Cross Iron Mills, and Red Deer. Go to smlentertainment.com for details. All right, welcome back. Uh, appreciate appreciate the, the, the big sponsor over here, SML Entertainment. Um, I do have one of their ping pong tables, and uh, I'm actually going to start challenging some of the teammates. I got some teammates that are on the, the practice roster over there. They're over there talking about their ping pong game. And you, you, you think it's time to shut them up? I think it's time to show them, <laughs> show them who, the, who the champ in the locker room is. Because uh, my only competition has ever been Mayo. And we used to kind of go back and forth. And uh, yeah, I need to I need to find out who's, who's actually some competition out there. Nice. Um, all right. So our question for the $100 gift cards for Mugshot Sports Bar and Grill. Uh, we'll, we'll stick with the theme of what we've been talking about. Uh, QBs over there on the Alouette. So how many quarterbacks have started a game for Montreal since Anthony Calvillo's last game in 2013? Yeah, so Calvillo started seven games in 2013. We're looking for the number since that last start in 2013. 
If you know the correct answer, go 960-960, your first and last name on the text. The first one with the correct answer will win the $100 gift card from Mugshots. Yeah, but I'm going to add something to it. Which one of those quarterbacks is undefeated? So you got to have the number of quarterbacks that have started since 2013, <laughs> and then which one of those quarterbacks is the name of the quarterback who was undefeated in that group. Uh, so, yeah, you've got that. You've got a $100 gift card. To, uh, Look at that shot. wrinkle. Hey, good luck. <laughs> well, that way you avoid people just throwing in random numbers. Yeah, well, exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a good prize. you got to earn this yeah, one. Yeah, if not, you're just going to get some random numbers in there. Six, somebody gets seven, them. eight. Yeah. <laughs> keep texting in. 21. <laughs> um, all right, let's jump to some of these ideas from Maddie. I like these. It'll give us something to talk about. All right, so best football stadium you've ever been to. Ooh. The it list be, for be, the list be, for me is not very long. Okay, that's all right though. Uh, the best football stadium for me, uh, I went to for a not football event, but uh, AT and T Stadium in Dallas. Oh, yeah. like Jerry World. Like it's it's tough to tough to. Can you guess what one. he was there for? Wrestling, <laughs> WrestleMania <laughs> thing there. I can't say anything. My best friend's a huge wrestler. Yeah, he's <laughs> oh, he's still funny. into wrestling, and he knows I'm not. He'll still text me and be like, you know, hey, battle royale tonight. Just so you know. <laughs> I'm like you know, up. you know, I'm you know, I don't care. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, if you want to pay for the pay per view, it's, it's on tonight. <laughs> um, what about you, Will? Uh, CenturyLink in Seattle. Oh yeah, it's good. That's good an spot. awesome field. I love yeah. it. Yeah, that's. Oh, are you? Am I? Am I participating in this? You're supposed to participate the whole show. I don't know if anybody's told you this yet, but oh, <laughs> true. Well, I'm, I'm in now. Um. Mile High in Denver is pretty good. I've been there a couple of times. I like BC Place too, as far as a, a football stadium. It's too big for, for CFL, but it's a pretty nice stadium to go to yeah. too. Mile no, High is pretty cool though. I haven't been to Mile High yet. Been to Been to Seattle. Seattle's was awesome. And man, the one thing about Seattle saying we were sitting up in a booth and I still couldn't believe how loud it was. Yeah. But to watch the other team try to run their offense with the noise <laughs> was insane. Oh, it's awesome. You yeah. watch like the quarterback who like goes and you know, it's funny. We were talking about uh, last week's show. We were talking about communication between you and the O line. Yeah, it's like, you go to a visiting game there. The quarterback, like, literally is whispering in each O lineman's ear because you can't hear what he's saying. Oh man! And and one of the, we they were playing the Rams, and uh, and one of the the times he comes up and and the quarterback's trying to check, and he goes to check again, and the ball gets snapped and hits off his head. Seattle recovers, and it's just like one of those where you're like, that was strictly 100 percent your fans that just created a turnover for you. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that's awesome as a football team to like turn around, look at them, and be like, "Thank you." But there's also a big red flag about fans in Seattle. Mm-hmm. What is that? They they there's too many jerseys that are bought that are number twelve with fan on the back. Twelve. That is fan. Terrible. Yeah, Why? that's that's a jersey. We were foul. talking about terrible They're jerseys the of the way. <laughs> Come on, man. Come they, on. They. I just told you they created a turnover. That's a big deal. So get a Russell Wilson jersey and create a turnover. Don't you don't go wear twelfth <laughs> fan on the stands. Come on. Okay, what, all right, what's Sierra? All right, let me you ask can you, wear what's his worse? jersey. What's worse, that or putting your own name on the back? of We were the just saying, if you're over this the, is almost. Yeah. This Which is close. One? This is close. We had this, we had this debate yesterday, and I think the the way we declared it was: kids can do it. If you're the over the age of like twelve and you got your own name on it, foul. You're out. If you're over the age of twelve and you got your own name on it. You're done. You agree, well, you you agree or Mitchell, disagree? You sitting here with a Mitchell jersey at home I or something? I cannot agree because I have a Houston Astros number 19 Mitchell jersey. I know you have. I've seen it. <laughs> See, but this might be different for you, though, because you have jerseys with your name on it that other people are wearing. Right? Yeah, like, all right. So I'll, I'll explain my – so I've gotten uh, – Mark Mueller is a fashion police uh, in our – Does he throw a flag on that? Oh, yeah. Okay, 100%. good. Thank you. Every time I wear that jersey, man, he'll love this if he hears it. Every time I wear that jersey, he's like, holy crap. Who's number 19? <laughs> Did y'all just sign that guy? Like, man, I got to look him up. He's playing for the Astros. He's got to be good. <laughs> just the most sarcastic <laughs> oh, response just of all every, time. Oh, every time I wear it. I love, anytime I wear it. Thank you, Mark Mueller. Love <laughs> you. Um, yeah, so the reason, though, is like, so when I went to a Flames game, they made me a jersey, number 19 with Mitchell. To, to which he cut the sleeves off. Another flag. The sleeves off the sweater. I learned it was called. <laughs> um, but so, like, when you see, like, people, like, I've watched, like, J.J. Watt or Andre Johnson go throw out the first pitch for a game. Right. They're wearing their number and their name on the back. So, in my eyes, I've always seen it as, like, okay, as an athlete, that's what you're supposed to do. 
Because I'll be honest with you, I don't want to wear somebody else's name on my back. I think that's weird. I'm glad other people want to wear my name on their back, but <laughs> as an athlete, it's kind of weird for me to go wear somebody else's name on my back. I don't know where I sit on this. I know it's not easy. It's, it's a, but I, I think again, it's, Logan I said think it, before. it might be different for Bo. Like Bo's situation a, might be different. All right, fans, let's hear it. We need a poll. Text in. <laughs> I want to know. At what age should you not wear <laughs> somebody else's, or sorry, your own name on your back? Okay, this is the other one we asked Bo that we don't like. If you're a guy walking around with a, your last name and 69. Oh, I was another. just going to say that, and I was like, let me not. I've, I've said enough bad things on the radio. <laughs> that's, that's a I'll foul, I'll let you too. say it. Right. That's a foul, <laughs> That's 100% a foul. Yeah. Or point oh eight, another foul. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or Matt Rose with his screwed up point eight that he, point, uh, he point wore eight. for the, uh, the softball game. Whoops. It's rough. It's rough out there sometimes. <laughs> Man, sometimes people come up with clever jerseys, though. Like, the one, I'll tell you, the one time I was going to wear somebody else's name on my back, is, and I think I told this story probably like week one of the show, because me and Alex trained with Connor McGo from Hamilton, and he always wears his Giants sweatshirt <laughs> with number 50. Did you do that, it. by the way? No. I what? Because it, it wasn't, it was going to be like three weeks from NFL.com. Oh. And I was like, we don't even play him past that. I was like, no, nah, it's not even going to be worth it. Um, you'll do it for next year. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm probably just gonna wear it to workouts next year. <laughs> but we give him. Peter wasn't here, so remind him of the story. Yeah. So basically, a couple years back, uh, the Giants brought a bunch of the uh, Canadian guys in the draft to camp. Right. You know, and um, I'm not gonna say anything because I've never been in an NFL camp. But uh, people said. <laughs> it was uh, just to give them exposure and whatnot like that, right? Yeah. So he wears his – so he they basically all got one item to take home, and it was a Giants sweatshirt, and it had their camp number on it. And he wears it to workouts all the time. And so basically got to the point where uh, we would go start working out with uh, all the guys in Calgary that live here uh, in the off season. So you got like Mike Edom, um, Hartley from Ottawa, a bunch, bunch of different guys. Uh, and every time he'd walk out that in that sweatshirt, everybody's like, "Oh my god, do you do you play for the Giants? <laughs> can I have your autograph, man? Oh my god, what year did you play for the Giants? Like, do you still play for them right now? Like, can we train with you?" Um, and he's a he's a second year guy in the CFL, so we give him a lot of crap. <laughs> so basically, yeah, I was gonna the game one of Hamilton. I was gonna I was gonna go to NFL.com, personalize the jersey, put Mago on the back <laughs> with number fifty, and wear it out to pregame. Oh, that would have uh, been amazing. It would have been, but it wasn't gonna show up in time. Um. And I decided to troll a little bit less this year, so <laughs> that also played into my decision. All right, another one of Maddie's questions. This is a good one, too. Well, you didn't answer the football one, though. You kind of danced around it. Oh, sorry. Uh, mine. Which, um, by the way, uh, Kelly Kirsch text, uh, emailed me. He says, uh, tell Bo he's going to the best football stadium on Saturday. Oh, jeez. Oh, boy. <laughs> what is that? Is, it, is that where we're doing a walkthrough at? <laughs> <laughs> um, best stadium I've ever played in. Um I've played in some pretty cool ones, man. I, I think as far as crowd, one of the coolest ones I ever played in was Texas Tech. They put, and Montana is very similar as well, actually, Dave's College. They uh, Basically, you have a certain amount of feet on the sideline. They put their fans right behind that. I mean, guys are throwing beer on you. You know what I mean? Like you can, You're hearing people in the background, you're adopted. You know, like just all these different kind of things. And I always thought that was cool. To me, I thought that was a good home field advantage was like pull the fans all the way up don't make the fans sit behind a track you know what i mean like there should yeah. be an entire track between you and the, the like you should and i would only do it on the away sideline too like just get the away sideline real nice and cozy with the away team <laughs> yeah uh, but i always did like that about texas tech um and montana i mean as far as design i think yeah i think seattle stadium is probably the coolest um i mean the noise just gets you know trapped in there it's, it's pretty awesome um, all right, so, just quickly, where are you at on, on benches on the same side of the sideline? Do you like that? Uh, I don't care. I don't really mind it that much. It it definitely plays a part in part of the game, which is stupid. Um, like last last week, uh, I want to say it was Odell. Odell got in trouble because they they had thirteen guys. You know, Ottawa was about to snap the ball, so he jumps off the sideline on Ottawa's side, and on those fields, that's a penalty. But to me, I I hate that because it's like. Okay, so you can get that penalty on this field, but not on this field. Mm, like that yeah. that's not that doesn't make sense to me. I agree. Another one too is the end zones that are cut off in the corners. 
Oh, yeah. I think oh, every yeah. CFL end zone should be that way. And I hate it with a passion. But if there's one end zone that's that way, why yeah, are they not all right. that way? You know what I mean? Like it's, it's just like every stadium should have one one end zone with like carpet turf and the rest. You know. <laughs> <laughs> moving on, moving on. <laughs> all right, so let's all go into fantasy world here. All right, you're a business mogul, you're a billionaire, and you can start. You you get to start a football franchise anywhere. Where would you do it? Ooh, you're what, sir? So you're a, you're a billionaire. Okay. And yeah. you decided, you know what? I want to own a football, a franchise. What city are you doing in? It can be Canada. It can be America. I'll let you go first. Oh, thanks. Yeah, appreciate that. You say a Cinebuena, Saskatchewan? Yeah, no, I'm definitely not going to do that. <clears throat> I would, it would have to be somewhere in Texas, right? Because it, it's just so football crazy. They could probably handle another Smart one. Smart man. <laughs> Like, I, I would think that would be where the biggest market for football is. If they can get more fans for high school games, yeah. then... I'll some give you time, because I'll, I'll jump onto his. Mine was Austin, Texas. Okay, yeah. Uh, it's a great place, great culture. The only team they have right now is UT, and they and their fans are crazy about them. Um, but the the football culture there is amazing. The city's amazing. Uh, that's actually where my best friend lives. And uh, I've gone there once or twice, and it's, it's like an awesome city. So it surprises me that... I think probably, obviously, population has a lot to do with it, but San Antonio is is not that cool of a city. So to have, you know, the football team, I mean, that's – I'm sorry, yeah, the basketball team. I, I would I would rather see a team in Austin, Texas. I think that would be cool. Just because of, like, being football crazy in the state, again, I think similar to what you're just talking about with Austin, like population, maybe it doesn't work. I don't know if the TV market overly, is overly big, so I don't know if it would succeed in the NFL, but I would – I would probably go Oklahoma City, man. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why it wouldn't succeed. You know what I mean? Like some of these like I don't understand how you're putting two or three teams in the same city. Yeah. And it's like when yeah, you're leaving it'll, it'll still work. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, know. Oklahoma City I think would be a good candidate. Move it around a little bit. All right. What city abroad? Ooh. Ooh. That's a good one. I mean uh, can't say London, because they're already, you know, talking about doing that and that's where I was going to go. but I'm pretty sure Jacksonville is going to move there at some point. <laughs> so, all right. So, I'll, just, I'll give you all time again. So, basically, every time you play Madden. And you uh, want you you to relocate? Yeah. If you yeah. start a franchise <laughs> yeah. and you make relocation a possibility, the very first year you're done, the Jacksonville Jaguars relocate to London. Yep. I forget the the owner's name, the big business mogul guy. The yeah. I can't remember his first Khan. name, but Sean Khan. Yeah. 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 He is always it, every it, without fail. That team moves to London every single year. And if it's not year one, it's year two or year three. Oh yeah, unless basically unless you intervene and move your team to London, that Jacksonville's moving to London. <laughs> Where would you go then if it's not London? Um, for more of a selfish reason, <laughs> Australia. It's a nice. long trek for people. <laughs> it's a long trek, but uh, honestly, I was I ran into a guy. We're undefeated at home. Yeah. <laughs> and we are defeated on the road. <laughs> uh, I ran into a guy that was coming here from Stampede on my flight back um, from Seattle. And we're both sitting there waiting on our golf clubs. And he was like, oh, you ran into golf clubs? I was like, yeah. He's like, did you go on a golfing trip? And I was like, no, actually, my wife and I went down, blah, 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 to a um, you know, lake. And then he told me, tells me from Australia. I can obviously hear the accent. And I was like, yeah, how's, how's the golf out in Australia? And he's like, oh, mate, just go ahead and Google it. And I was like, what? So like, I Google it. And in the top 100 courses, there's like 10 in Australia. And he said they're all within like 100 miles of each other. It's wow. like a golf mecca. Basically going like Sydney, Melbourne, all down this coast. Right. And he's like, these are all so affordable. He's like, in every single one of these, like, even if you don't go to the top 100 course, the course right next to it is the same. It's the exact same soil, everything like that. He goes, and it's, you know, half the price. But he's like, you can go create a golfing trip down there and your buddies will have the time of their life. So uh, I was like, oh, that started getting the wheels turning. I was like, let's put a football team there. <laughs> nice. Hit football practice until about 3 o'clock and then go golfing. Um, In the blazing heat. Yeah. And then Maddie wanted to know, she, she saw some funny things this week, I guess. What was your best and worst from the CFL this past week? Best and worst. Best and so worst. it could be a play. It could be a. The worst thing I saw was Montreal's offense. Ooh. Wow. No comment. <laughs> wow. Logan firing shots. Aggressive. Pew, pew, pew. Shots <laughs> hard. Tell me I'm wrong. 
again, one's declaring no comment. Uh, uh, Pete, no you comment. go ahead. Yeah. Oh, again, thank you. I uh, I greatly appreciate that. Guys, we're on Sports Talk Radio. This is what you guys do. <laughs> yeah. You're with like Come the D-League of the Sports the Talk Radio right now, and y'all, you're calling us out now. Whoa, whoa. Did he wow. just call me the D-League of Sports Talk Radio? No, I think he called me the, the D-League <laughs> of me Sports and, Talk Me and Peter. <laughs> yeah. Me and Peter are the replacements. We are the bad news bears. Hey, the replacements, man. Keanu Reeves. Good movie. Such Great solid movie. movie. Also, I saw a place in Vegas where you could buy a bunch of football jerseys from like movies and stuff from like the replacements and things. Like, I was so oh, tempted yeah. to make so many awful jersey decisions. Doesn't Derek Dennis like, have a bunch of those like retro movie ones? Alex and stuff? Singleton also does. Really? Bobby Boucher. And Bobby both, Boucher. And they both wore it to the game. <laughs> they showed up. They both showed up in an orange number nine Bobby Boucher jersey. And we were like, you losers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the best thing for me is the Johnny Manziel trade. I mean, that's we got to see him play. I know it didn't happen in the game. I know it was not a play. Uh, but that, to me, is a clear-cut best thing that happened in the CFL uh, this week. And, uh, yeah, the, the worst thing was uh, seeing Saskatchewan win. You know, that's never <laughs> Touché, fun. Sir. The, the, the best thing for me is just all the moves in general. Because whenever you have trades, you do get people talking about the league a little bit more. And like to me, Montreal going out and making a big splash like the the two moves that they make as as a one in four team, instead of doing what a lot of sports teams do and just like, well, time for next year. They're like, no, we're two games out of the East. Some crazy how let's let's actually go for this thing. So I thought that was probably the best thing that I saw this week was uh, all, all the activity and just get people talking about the league. Oh, yeah. Um, and speaking of getting people to talk about the league, my worst thing is Terrell Owens. Oh, that yeah, I forgot about that. That yeah. whole debacle, that was... And man, it, it, you know what's crazy is that so much media got put around that. I saw Dave Naylor on TV five different times talking about that. And there was no update on any information of what was going on with that no. the entire situation. But it's like, oh, but it's something happening. We have to talk about it, right? Like, No, you don't. Yeah. Because you should know from the past 30 players that have come from there, and not succeeded here, that you should wait for somebody to come here and actually succeed before y'all start talking about this person. And in light of that, this man was 44 years old. Like, why are we talking about a 44-year-old receiver? All because yeah. of one viral video where he decides to sprint. And that was a lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't exactly see a clock or anything yeah. running. Yeah. Or... Oh, yeah. man. That Normally... Was... You don't go from like signing a deal in the CFL. Oh, guys, I just I have to go get inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame this weekend. So just like give me a couple minutes while I go do that thing. I like, believe I looked it up too. That time was faster than his forty time when he went to the combine. How do you do that? You like thirty years <laughs> later. Fast forward. Just, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? I thought, what, what happened to Father Time's undefeated man? Who said that? I won't say that until I'm about 35. <laughs> You'll start hearing that line from me. Yeah. Start coming out like, no, no, I can beat Father Time. But right now I'm 28, so I'm going to go ahead and say that Father Time is undefeated. Um, I mean, you know, I, I like, God, it's, it's tough. I have such respect for the guy. But even when you have respect for a guy, it's, you know, it's. It's going to be. If somebody asks Mills Seagal to come back and play, Mills going to be like, oh, yeah, I, you I see, could. You see but, Mil- I'm not dumb enough to. <laughs> and Milt, Milt's a cocky guy. Milt, Milt likes himself. Milt knows he's a, he was a great player in his league, and we all yeah. know that. But him and Matt Dunnigan and Chris Schultz, they're not going to act like they can come back and play right now. No. They're smarter than that. They're not going to embarrass their own legacy, and that's what I don't like about this and the fact that we all bought into it. Yeah. Why did the CFL buy into this? Like, stop buying into these people talking about coming to play up here. Who cares? Yeah. It, Highlight it's... the guys you have here. That's the thing. It's so frustrating. Anytime anyone from the South says anything about the CFL, oh, could this guy come play in the CFL? Really? Well, could. And it's like you he have. He could be the best player to ever play up here. Exactly. And he hasn't played in six weeks, not talking about anyone specifically. But um, there are a ton of very talented players in this league right now that I wish got half the attention Terrell Owens running on a football field somewhere got. Like it just, as someone who has followed this league for most of my life, that drives me crazy sometimes. Absolutely. Man, I mean, I just, it's just so funny to me, man. Like, you, you, you talk about promoting your players and promoting the league, and the first thing you want to do is when somebody mentions the three letters CFL, you want to talk about this random person replacing people and coming up here and making impact. All you're doing is you are 
giving disrepute to the league yeah. by saying that, oh, yeah, well, I think he could do it. Why? Because he showed you a viral video he can run a 4-4. What does that have to do with him coming mm. here and catching a football and I getting agree. open on these DBs? Yeah. Who the are fact, yeah, the 20 years that, younger than him. Yeah, the fact that you're paying attention to this and, and giving it this you know, great, oh, well, I, actually, I don't know. I think he could do it. And, and yeah, I mean, Edmonton's receivers, uh, yeah, you have Darrell and Duke, but besides that, who do you have? Who do you have? You have a lot of good receivers over there. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you, I'm very glad that he was not on our negotiation list because you would have heard me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would have. This, this would have been you on Huff's door. This No, uh-uh. <laughs> no, that would have been Huff on my door after he heard my comments in the media because I would have. I would have been bashing the fact that we're talking about bringing in a 44-year-old receiver with the 10 guys we have on our roster. Yeah. Like, who who are you cutting for him? Mm-hmm. Well, and it's disrespectful to the DBs, too, man. Like, all these guys out here. You had Tommy Campbell on your team last year. That dude's legit. Siante Evans is unreal. The guys that you don't even hear about because they're so good. They're shutting guys down every week. I don't care if that Terrell Owens is a future Hall of Famer, man. You give me Siante Evans versus Terrell Owens right now. I'll put my money on Siante, man. Like, like there's legit talent ten out of here. ten plays. Yeah. Absolutely, like there's legit guys in this league, and they just disrespect them because they don't they haven't heard their name as much as Terrell Owens' name. Yeah, and I and I I understand the glory of it that he is an NFL Hall of Fame receiver. I completely get that. Listen, man, I would love to throw a completion to Terrell Owens. I would love to throw a completion to Jerry Rice and Randy Moss, but. When my job is on the line, do I want that man lining up next to me the entire year? No, because he's not going to get me very many catches. He's not going to get open for me. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so another another best of the week. Um, seeing and this is back to my team. Uh, seeing Deron Carter practicing on offense again. Thank <laughs> God. You mean eighty? The guys who wear eighty nine shouldn't be playing DB. I don't know about other guys wearing 89. I know that guy wearing 89 shouldn't be playing DB. Get back to receiver. I can't say anything about it. I threw a pick six with the guy last year. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say yeah. anything about it. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, saw, I saw some things like, to me, I, I thought it was to that point because I saw Javon Johnson, who I respect a lot, and I think everybody in the CFL does. He's, he's been in the league for a long time and doing, doing it for a long time. Um, even he said, like, man, we love having Deron over here on our side of the ball, but even as a defense, we would love to see him back on offense where he makes the biggest impact. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think it's it's more he he he's he's saying it's not that Duran doesn't make an impact on our defense, but we have corners that can make that same impact. And there's not many guys that can make the impact that Duran Carter does on offense. And that's a lot of respect from your own player, your own teammate. You know what I mean? It's yep. speaking to the truth. The guy was a thousand yard receiver. He was an all star. Um we've all seen some of the insane catches the guys made. Um so yeah, I mean We'll see what happens this week. You never know. Yeah. He might be lined up at D-line. <laughs> he, might, he might come try and get a sack. Well, um, Chris Jones will bring in Terrell Owens to play safety in front of them next week now. I don't doubt you it. joke until that happens, Pete. <laughs> then, then we'll see how funny it is. Yeah. All right. So one thing, I have to word this carefully. Um, one thing I think needs to be talked about in the CBA uh, and I don't know if it's even a CBA issue, so I don't even know if that's the case. But it, it, it's because it came up twice last week. Um, the review process with going from what we had what, either last year or two years ago, uh, you had two challenges. If you got them both right, you got a third one. And the complaint from everybody, even you guys, when I came in here and did interviews, you guys were telling me, is that not killing you? Like, are you not bored out of your mind when I challenge a play and then they get to re-challenge and every touchdown is right. getting challenged? And I was like, yeah, it absolutely is. And and Randy and Rosie comes in and says, you know what? One challenge per team, that's it. Um, and it made fans happy. It was good. It's what people wanted to see. But my, my question, and, I, and again, I'm trying to be cautious. My question on this is, is it more important for you to have the game end in two hours and 45 minutes compared to three hours and not see a better product? Like, because to me, last week, the uh, the play that had to get challenged and then re-challenged. So the deep ball, Matthew Shields throws, deep corner route. They call it a catch, which that's fine. You know, I'm not, I'm not docking the refs at all. 
I want to repeat that. I am not talking about the referees. Um, because it's it's in real time, it's very hard to see. And and that ball was 50 yards down the field, so it's very hard for the rest to get back there to see that play. So, But on camera, you can clearly see the ball hits the ground right away. Yeah. Instantly. Right? Mm-hmm. So why is it that to me, and this is my this is my uh, amateur opinion, um, plays like that that are blatantly obvious and have an impact on the game, which is every play. If it is blatantly obvious, why can the command center not instantly buzz down to the head ref and say, "Hey, incomplete pass, reset the ball on the forty-six yard line"? I think you would probably run into too many fans asking why they can't do that on. A lot of plays. But no, and that's what I mean. It has to be blatantly obvious. Like, like you called that play a catch, and that guy was standing up, starting to fall down. Like, he's still five yards away from the ground, and the ball slapped the turf with his hands nowhere near it. Like, it was like one of those where you watch it, and Dave's like, I can't believe that I, and this is, these aren't his words, but like mm. when I'm watching it, and watching Dave's face when he's watching the replay view, is like, I can't believe that I have to waste my challenge on this play. But it's a 45-yard catch, so I have to. Right. And so he does it because it is clearly not a catch. But then what happens? Turn around. Hey, re-challenge for pass interference because he touched his hand. Okay, it's pass interference. Ball goes back to where it was. So you just wasted your challenge. So you wasted your challenge. They wasted their challenge. And now the rest of the game is in you know somebody else's hands. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, it. There should be plays that are blatantly obvious that do not need to be. But you're, you're talking about the, the you might have to center. limit it to yes. just scoring plays, though, because like it's hard. Because like the no. one thing I would say is like what happens on like a pretty obvious contact in the receiver or PI or something like that, right? Or you're expecting the command center to no to see, buzz these on that? are judgment calls, and I'm not talking about judgment calls. Okay, yeah, I'm talking about like blatantly obvious, like exactly catch, no what exactly kind of what thing. happened. Like yeah. yeah, like not judgment call. Like did he toe tap and drag? Like his entire foot is out of bounds. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, yep. e- even KJ's. So, KJ's catch on the sideline. I throw him to the sideline. He starts to catch the ball, but from a referee's point of view, he can't see him, and he bobbles it. He takes a full step out of bounds. I knew it wasn't a catch. I threw the ball, and I was like, oh, that's not even where close to a catch. And and <laughs> then I see the rest run up to each other and talk, and like they and I, you can see the confusion on the face. They're both like, I don't want to make this call because I could not see what happened. To me, it's like, hey, speed up the game. Get the call right. Get the call right instantly. So it doesn't have to go to review, and then you don't have to act like you're spending enough time in review to get the play correct, because that's what's going on. But you see it in the NFL. Oh, yeah. The play happens right away. It gets buzzed down. It's not put into a man's hands saying, like, hey, you made the call. The the command center right away just buzzes down and says, hey, man, ball slapped the turf, not a catch. It's blatantly obvious. Put the ball back in the 46-yard line. And then now if Montreal wants to use their challenge on a – on a pass interference, they can't. Yeah. Well, but, and it would be easy to kind of legislate that because it, you could do it the same as getting a challenge off where if the command center doesn't say by the time the team gets the snap off, then it wasn't obvious enough for them to overturn, right? So, like, it can be something along those lines. Yeah, exactly. It's got to be, you know, it's got to be so obvious that every single person watching the replay is like, oh, that was, that's clear. Yeah. It shouldn't be something like where everybody like all of a sudden the guy gets buzzed and then half the stadium's like, wait, no, that's really, really close. And and like it should be when it happens, you should see both coaches on each sideline go, Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like it that's how obvious it has to be. Uh let's uh take a couple questions real quick. Yeah, from sure. The text line. Or we can uh take a quick break and then do it on the tail end for five minutes. Let's do that. Let's okay. take a quick break, make sure we get make our people happy. Take a quick break, uh, and when we come back, we will answer your questions. So text in 960-960 if you have anything you want to talk about or any comments on the what we've been talking about. Uh, you are listening to The Bo Show on Sports at 960 Defense. Back to The Bo Show for SML Entertainment. One, two, three. On Sportsnet 960 The Fan. DJ skip a lot over there. What are you talking about, man? Over there on the keys. That's all Logan. It's all Logan over there. All right, welcome back. Um, Fans, this is your segment right here. So 
uh we're gonna go into some of the text will's telling me we got some nice text over there some thoughtful questions um and we've obviously got our uh typical text from the rider fans and the non-rider fans as we just just discussed in the break too we had a text from your wife we did now that we have a maddie's idea segment uh i have to go get for you on the way home <laughs> Uh, this has come up a lot, so we'll start here, Bo. Uh, people want to know if your your wallet is still out of control. Have you slimmed things down? Has your wallet lost weight? You're looking at it. Look at that. Right there. Look at that. Ooh, ladies and gentlemen. Jason DeForest We're... will be so happy. He never shuts up about your wallet. <laughs> I have three, four cards in my phone case, and that's it. And a wow. phone, and that's it. That's it. Oh. That is uh, that's efficient. I would say it's a significant right? weight loss. One of them is a uh, a driving range pass to get free balls <laughs> on the driving range, and then I have three credit cards and an ID. That's it. Wow, well, there you go. Lots of people. Also, wallet. Wallet's just sitting in the the backpack, all lonely, never gets used. <laughs> this that goes... ID so that you can get locked out of McMahon Stadium in the mornings, dude. <laughs> one of the greatest stories ever on the show. Too soon. Um, too soon. <laughs> we go back to the start of the very, the very beginning of the show. You mentioned uh, the rain. And how you left your sprinklers on a lot. Uh, this text comes in from a couple of uh, Alberta farmers. Bo, don't worry about it. Watering in the rain is the most efficient time. This is true. Huh. So there Make you sure go. you get every square inch of that. <laughs> That's <garden>. right. Yeah. <laughs> nothing. Nothing left. Uh, nothing it left. It was awesome unturned. because originally, like, uh, I mean, my, my my wife takes care of our house. You know, I, I'm blessed to have have somebody that uh, understands our workload during the season, and, and she takes over. You know, does everything. Um, and she's been noticing, you know, the grass has been getting a little, like, just a little bit, you know, yellow or whatnot. So she started watering a lot. And then one morning I walk out there and I was like, you know, and I didn't even really say anything. The, the spring, it was like 4 a.m. The sprinkler's still on. So I like, run up there, turn it off. You know, it was on all night. I was like, oh, no worries. It, it's been really hot the last couple of days. So this is like last week when we had that stretch of like 25 yeah. degrees. Yeah. And um, and then I mentioned it like the, the day or two later. I was like, hey, you left the, you left the, uh, or we did. I was like, you know, we left the water water sprinkler on. And she's like, really? No. No, I'm pretty sure I turned it off. And I was like, oh, okay. I was like, you know, I wasn't going to, like, argue about it. And then uh, and then two days later, <laughs> we walk out together on the off day, uh, walk out in the morning to go do something, and the water sprinkler's still on. She's like, oh, okay, so maybe I did. Um, so it was, nah, it was funny. I think I know the answer to this because you've mentioned it before. Uh, people want to know what console you play Fortnite on. PS4. Yeah, I thought so. Gunslinger 1.9. There you go. Oh, wait, forget that. Oh. Because people have been hacking uh -oh. Fortnite accounts. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> uh -oh. No, I saw this story, man. It was like it was like 13-year-old gets hacked for thousands of dollars on mom's credit card on Fortnite. Whoa. And then they go into the story, and it's like, what happened? Well, somebody emailed him and asked him for his account and his password, and he gave it to him. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not getting hacked. No. no that's, no. That's, that's, that's a life <laughs> Getting lesson, hacked kid. is like, all right. Sign in at Will Nault. <laughs> Password one two three four. That didn't work. All right, one two three four five. Okay, that didn't work. Now you can be there for a no, long, long, long time. Uh, you got any uh, good text over there, Peter? That you want to read? But I'm just kind of scout. Uh, I got one over for here. you, Bo. Go ahead. Okay. What's your take on the black helmets? Like or dislike? Like the straight up black. Yeah, your black helmets. Oh, I love them. Yeah, I, I like our black helmets. You I like actually, the, that all red you guys repped a little while ago? I loved it. I was actually the one that suggested we do it again because it's clean. we did it in Edmonton last year in the preseason. Yeah. And a lot of us went to Gio like, hey, man, we've got to wear that this year. And he's like, well, I can't. We have to declare our jerseys home and away, what we're wearing combination-wise. Uh, before the season starts, he's like, so that's already all submitted. We can't change it. Um, and then we got in the preseason this year, and Huff, and uh, Gio comes up to me, and he's like, hey, man, he's like, the uh, – the Ottawa game at home, I've got y'all in all red with the black helmet. And, man, we love it. Like, it's it's just, I love, like, the alternate, you know what I mean? Like It's a just, clean look. It's, it's just something else nice. to come up with, yeah. But uh, the one thing I loved about it, though, is is in Edmonton last year, in person, like, when we put it all on in person, we were like, oh, I don't know if this the works. Like, the, the pants are kind of different than uh, the jersey. The leggings look a bit different. And then you, we saw it on film and in pictures and stuff. We were like, oh, yeah, we got to do that again. It <laughs> yeah, <looks nice."> yeah. <laughs> so it's worked out both times. We won both times in it. A couple of uh, candidates on this question. Maybe it's the same person. Just keep on testing it in because they really want to know your answer. But uh, if Bo could choose one wing flavor for the rest of his life, what would he choose? Oh, man, that is a good question. Um, hmm. That's tough. You know, I'm more stuck between do I want a uh, a dry rub or 
because you know the dry rubs are awesome and then you know sometimes you just want some of the, the sauce the sauce yeah. yeah um i think you could probably have an answer for dry and for sauce no don't don't give him that out I, he has I, to come I up with one i think i'd fully go i'd go honey garlic wow underrated classic and, i think that's and the then, then and then you grab a thing no, of parmesan see, and pour some parmesan cheese <laughs> on top that, that's amazing do the honey hot though because you get the best of both worlds i hate oh. hot you do I'm bland. Breaded or unbreaded? <laughs> I'm not your typical Southern Texan. Breaded or unbreaded? No, you're an adopted Canadian. Uh, breaded. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but when you were a kid, what was your favorite off-season sport? Uh, baseball. Baseball was really my sport growing up. You know, my all four of my brothers played it. Um, my dad, that's the sport he taught all of us. And so we always give him crap sometimes because we all ended up playing football. When did you start playing football? Uh, the fifth grade. I started playing football in the fifth grade on the expansion Baltimore Ravens in KDU football. And we went 0-11. And, and then we went 1-10 because we won one game by scoring three times in the same play. And it was me handing the ball off <laughs> to a receiver on what we used to call the Statue of Liberty. You know, so you do the old fake throw and in your left hand you hold the ball behind you and the receiver yeah. comes by and takes it. So, uh, yeah, the quarterback efficiency wasn't too high in uh in kyf football for me uh we're having some uh i think we've had this debate on this show before that's why the text comes in because it already knows your answer but bo agrees that jalapeno cheddar is the best flavor of doritos ever do you, do you declare that no oh i think he's asking if you agree with that oh i highly disagree with that Ooh. yeah i, told you, I don't like spice <laughs> Come on, man! Pay attention to the show. <laughs> you know, if you don't like spice, if you don't like spice, the best Doritos is Zesty. Nah, come on, man! Cool Ranch, <laughs> cool, cool. Underrated, cool underrated. It's so underrated. It's so un- all right. Here's a better one. What's your favorite flavor of Pringles? Ooh, see, this is maybe too like bland and too original, and I might get crushed for this. But sour cream and onion. One hundred percent. Yeah. One hundred percent. I I I started going towards pizza there for a little bit, but like Dude, I can't eat my... the whole can of pizza. But I can. And crush... like bar- barbecue's okay, but sour cream onion yeah. is, is great. Yeah. You have to sour the cream pizza's onion is classic. Shit. Where do you stand on the Pringles original? They're good. I mean, I'll I'll definitely eat them if, if nothing else is there. I'll eat them for sure. Well, sour cream onion is. Yeah. Sour, sour cream, cream and onion. That. You get that fully knowing that it's going to be gone in about 25 minutes. The other ones oh, like yeah. this might last a day or two. I'm not but... sharing either. Like no, <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I'm like I'm yeah. a super fat kid at heart. Like I have to work my tail off not to be 300 pounds, uh, because I eat awful sometimes, and that's definitely one of them. Pringles, uh, Pringles is a hard one. What is Bo's favorite N64 game? Ooh, that's a that's a good one. So it's a battle between, and this is it's more because of experience, but uh, Mario Tennis. Oh yeah, classic. Yeah, because if you have a garage full of you and you know seven other friends or whatnot, and you can do a two on two tournament. Yeah, that game, it that game goes down. So basically, in college, we would play that all the time, um, and then I I love I love Blitz. I love Double Seven. I love Mario Kart. Uh, but Super Smash Brothers is the other one. Super, so good. Super Smash yeah. Brothers and tennis. We 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 just go back and forth creating tournaments on that. Yeah. Um, the first fight I ever quick, got into you know, was in over yeah. Mario Tennis. The yeah. first fist fight I was in was because I beat a guy in Mario Tennis and he freaked <laughs> out. That is awesome. You've been, <laughs> fi- you been in a fist fight, what Peter? A, yeah. What a story. Yeah. Cool. I, I I may have been trash talking a little bit more than I should have been. Ooh. Who's your guy? Who's your guy in Mario Tennis? I'm a big Luigi guy. Oh, okay. I, I go. I go all f- about Koopa Troopa, man. You're not even close. Tall, yeah, so tall, you like, you like the tricky. Koopa, Boo, all yeah. them. Yeah. For, not- for some reason, tall and awkward speaks to me. So hey, I, Waluigi. I went that way. Waluigi. See, Waluigi's my guy because man, I I play the net. Oh, I'm okay. playing the net. I'm not letting you hit the ball. You're, gra- the you're yeah. aggressive. You're right yeah, up there. So mm-hmm. typically, like me and my boy um, uh, Gabe, so he would go like Baby Mario and go speed on the back line. And even if I was serving, I'd serve and I'm going to the net. He's backing up. Yeah. So that they do get it over top of me, or they're trying to hit line, 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 they go cross court. He's in the back just running. I'm just over there trying to knock the ball down. Those were the best, man. Man, I'm telling you, you got. got intense. <laughs> I'm a gamer, man. Got intense. Uh, okay, we got three more. Then we'll close the show. First right. one is, uh, what kind of music is on Bo's pregame list? Uh, I'm a. I, I switch up a lot. Like, I mean, every single week, I'm trying to listen to something different. Um. Same genre, or are you all Key over the Swift. map? Man, some yeah. Taylor Swift's awesome. 
My, my wife loves Taylor Swift. Uh, no, but like, I'll, I'll be into Chris Stapleton one week, and I'll just strictly go country. Like each week, it's it's one genre, but I switch between that and um, just a bunch of different ones. Honestly, I mean, it goes from that to rap to um, oh man, how does this song blank me every time? Uh, it's not Black Eyed Peas, Counting Crows, Mr. Jones. Yeah, great. That song. was like one of those songs I used to like used to listen to before every game. Um, but then I I I grow tired of music pretty quick, so I have I have ADHD, man. So when it comes to music, I'm like I'm like. I'm like pressing next 30 seconds in every song. You can't do the whole song? Not if it's not speaking to me at the time. <laughs> uh, but man, my favorite thing to do is go Dat Piff, uh, which is like a one of those uh, apps that you can like get music that's not on Apple and stuff like that. Um, and just listen to old school Lil Wayne. Hmm. Some of the old school Lil Wayne, man. It's when really when the beat starts and that dude just raps for four minutes. Yeah. Um, that was my childhood right there. <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, favorite five cent candy from Seven Eleven. Favorite five cent candy. There, there is only one correct answer to this. But go ahead. No. Oh, <laughs> the adopted Canadian is not coming out of me right now. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I don't know it. What is it? The correct answer is dinosaurs. You're incorrect, Peter. It's no. the blue whales. No. That is, that <laughs> oh, is, that is that factually is incorrect. There is only one answer. There is only one answer, and it is The correct hours. answer is, actually, that is incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that you, is Peter. funny. No. Um, Bo, do you have any idea at this point in your life what you want to do post-career? Media, football operations, life dog walker, professional golfer, Bingo player. Those are some of the examples this texture gave. That's uh, Will texting and telling you what to do after. Life dog walking. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm, you just you see me down the street. Like, there's yeah, Bo, there's seven Bo's, dogs there's around Bo, my head. Eighteen dogs. Are you Bo? No. <laughs> I'm the dog walker. Wearing his Houston <laughs> Astros yeah. jersey. It says the Mitchell dog walker 19. on the back yeah. instead Three, of Mitchell. 320 now. pounds with a thing of Pringles coming up the front. And you're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I've always given a lot of thought uh, to post-career. I would say number one on the list is coaching. Um, I've, I've all, and, I, and I'm telling you, like, it's, it's to the point where like I have binders um, – I have every position written down, and I have potential for what guys I want coaching at that position, nice. uh, the kind of people wow. I'm looking for. Uh, people you've crossed paths with yeah, kind of just yeah. sticks with you. I've got a majority of my offense created. Um, yeah, it's, it's to the point like I have my own binders that <laughs> every now and then when Dave says something, I'm like, I'm stealing that. And <laughs> <laughs> that's in the playbook. I love that quote. I'm using that one. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think you can ever be too ready. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, you look at you look at guys like Josh Bell. Like, I'm sure Josh didn't think his career was over last year, and and rightfully so. It doesn't have to be, but you know, we had a void at DB coach, and and he wants to be a coach out of you know coming out of football. And it's like, hey, man, you can play another year or two, or you can get two years of coaching under your belt, and then you know you're possibly talking, you know, how success goes, and you know you're moving up the ranks earlier in your career. Because like the one guy I saw that I really respect, um, one of my best friends and receivers in, in college, Nick Edwards. Um, he had 19 touchdowns for me my senior year. And a guy that I definitely should, thought should have gone, gotten a chance in the NFL because he was six foot four. Uh, if not, definitely get a CFL shot. Um, but my head coach, Bo Baldwin, went to Cal. And he said, hey, Nick, you can go try playing football, which you rightfully should, like play till your cleats fall off. Um, but I know you want to be a coach. Do you want to come be my receivers coach in Cal? And to me, it's like he made a selfless hell of a life decision right there because he's, what, 22 at the time? So in eight years, he's going to have eight years of coaching at Division Set I up College well. under his belt. Yeah. yeah. When he's 40, he'll have 18 years of coaching. Like, nobody has that. You know what I mean? Like, I was, that was one of those decisions. I was like, man, that's that's the decision right there that he set himself up for life. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would say coaching is definitely my my first love and something I definitely want to do. Um you know, but it also depends on family, man. I've, I've seen the hours. I see what the coaches have to do. And, and my wife is definitely somebody that could endure it. Um, but, uh, you know, you always want to make, make a decision that's best for the family. TV is another one. You know, I would I would definitely do panel and stuff like that. You know, kind of like what uh, uh, a lot of police did. You know, if you're doing coaching and then if things don't, you know, whatever pan out and you're waiting is do some TV in between. Mm -hmm. um, and the crazy thing is I didn't realize 
how much people on TV get paid. That is ridiculous. Like most of these people yeah. take pay cuts to go be a coach. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> like I love the passion. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. um, love, yeah. Love that you're volunteering right now. Yeah. If if anything else, it's gonna be uh if those things aren't aren't what I'm wanting to do, uh I'm gonna be a caddy for my daughter when she's a golfer. Nice. Yeah. You've already mentioned that. She's going to be a pro, right? Oh, she's going to be a pro, nice. 100%. Uh, just one more quick one, because this is the question I had that I was uh, saying it was was terrific. Uh, people may or may not know, but you could call Calgary your, your home year-round. Uh, this question says, Bo, if your player career ended tomorrow for whatever reason, yep. are you staying in Calgary or are you moving back home? Um, Or do you uh, even know that answer at this point? If, if I mean, honestly, if my career ended right now, I would say I'd be staying in Calgary. If not going somewhere else in in Canada, just based off coaching, because uh, if my if, if my career did end right now, I really don't have any other decision besides the coach. I mean, it's do it is what I want to do. I've always voiced that. Right. Um. I'm smart and passionate about this game. You know, it's something I love. But, um, I mean, I, I think you'd be you'd be pretty remiss not to stay in the place where your name carries a little weight. You know, if you're talking business, at least. You know, I mean, my name doesn't carry as much weight in Katy, Texas, or. Cheney, Washington, as it does right here in Calgary, uh, especially with obviously the business that you have out here. Um, but yeah, you know, I would definitely weigh the options. But I love this city, like like you said, everybody knows. Uh, I definitely love it here in Calgary. Love the uh, the year round weather, um, and by that I mean the snow year round. Um, but yeah, it's uh, my wife loves it here as well, and, and we're not too far from her home, so definitely something I'll consider. All right, we'll let you go. We've taken a lot of your time, so we will uh, say goodbye for now. Y'all we'll know where the nearest Froyo is. <laughs> ah, little Google Reese's Maps. and sprinkles on the way, Maddie. There we go. <laughs> uh, that's going to do it for the Bo Show. We'll take a quick break. Headlines are on the corner. Bo is back next Tuesday right here. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Talk to you. Hell yeah. <laughs>